What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast, where we talk about all things horror, movies, music, TV shows, hip-hop, um, uh, movies, books. And in this case, uh, every once in a while for a very special guest, we shift genres. Um, and maybe we uh, go over to the sci-fi fantasy. Um, and that's exactly what we're doing today for a very special guest. Uh, today we have on uh, Chad McGee, uh, hailing from the Great White North. Um, uh, if uh, Chad, go ahead and introduce yourself, good sir. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm pretty excited to be here. Yeah, Chad Ellie McGee, very excited to be here, and I, I'm honored that you guys have made some room for me. So I'm I'm just happy to be here. The um, absolutely, if you wouldn't mind introducing um, yourself and some of your work. So um, I am an author and a hip hop artist. So I just released my fantasy novel, Legend of the Tragic. Uh, some of my hip hop uh, music is online on Spotify, YouTube. I just released an album this year called Sideways Dreams, all produced, mixed, mastered by me. Got some videos for it. So if you, guys, if you guys like lyrical boom bap, definitely give my tunes a spin. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, I'm here with my partner in crime, Mr. Zachary Smith. Yeah. They, um, uh, he's out there pushing the buttons for us. So, um, Chad, we, we have a tradition here on the Nightmares podcast uh, where we ask a question. I'm going to adjust it for uh, for this podcast, and I really want to see where it goes. I'm actually very excited. Um, so um, uh, so because we're talk- we're dealing in genre the um normally I say hey when did horror enter your life when did the journey begin for you but um but in this case when did sci-fi and fantasy um enter your life um uh, and uh, you know when did this crazy journey start for you well i've always been a weird kid honestly i was uh <laughs> you're in good company yeah <laughs> yeah um and uh i just always enjoyed things like i think the first thing i was into when i was a kid was power rangers and i just kind of oh, oh. The, um, oh, we were just talking. We about were that literally this just weekend. talking about. By the way, if anybody has not has has not seen the um uh, the docu- documentary, uh, the toys that made us, all about the history of, of Power Rangers, it's it's a fucking blast, man. I, yeah, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man. I grew up with that stuff, man. It's it's a special place in my heart. Yeah, for sure. And then I just fell in love with superheroes, and then uh, with, with fantasy, um, I was really intrigued with books like The Hobbit in school. And uh, Final Fantasy, Zelda, all those games and stuff back in the 90s, like Ocarina of Time. Like my, my, my oldest son asked me all the time. He's like, Dad, what was it like be living in the 90s? I was like, bro, it was awesome. It was the best. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I, I love it how we're the adults now. And it fucking just right? it just it hurts. It's weird. It's it's really weird. It's it's like yeah. it, you're like, what was it like in the 90s? And I'm yeah. and I'm like I'm like we used to beat the shit out of each other with sticks. And if you were one of the rich kids, you had uh, you had uh, sock and boppers like I did. Yeah. They um and then you beat the shit out of each other. That's what we did for fun. I yeah. only wish we had a soccer bopper so I could punch you in the face on camera. <laughs> if I would have known we were going to do this and go this route, I would have absolutely secretly prepped just so we could get a bam. The um, I would have grabbed a bunch of old Nerf guns and everything else if we were going to go down this route. It would have been it would have been pandemonium. And then you know, and then we, because of both of our ADDs, this would have been completely off the fucking rails. The yeah. um, uh, but anyway, back to back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, no, we had nerve guns and stuff too. We played uh, back in my hometown. Just a, it's a little oil patch town here in Alberta. It's all about the oil patch here, and uh, we played all sorts of swords and sorcery games with sticks. We built forts in the woods, man. I would I would never trade those days for anything, to be honest. And yeah, so when uh, 
I really enjoyed books and like I just loved all four forms of media and I just like man I'd love to write something like and actually in grade three my teacher's like holy shit like you're a phenomenal writer and uh, that just kind of like kick-started me and just like it was, I had some pretty good teachers that kind of pushed me along and yeah I just started to write I actually started to write my very first one was called Shapeshifter it was kind of like a play on the Power Rangers a bit and yeah, that's uh, I made a little comic with all my friends had characters and stuff, and that's how it all like kind of began. And uh, then actually, when I was 12 years old, I wrote the Legend of the Tragic originally, its first time by hand when I was 12 years old. So yeah, um, then I typed it out by hand. I released it once before when I was a kid, but I was never happy with it. So over the pandemic, I the music took a hit. I was I couldn't tour anymore, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna sit down and do this book properly and now now it is what it is now it's 816 pages just a monster nice nice the um uh so um uh you know obviously um uh, I, uh the um i think uh tolkien is obviously one of your um your big heroes um when it comes to literature you know when you were growing up did um was there a lot of you know i mean you're talking about some very interesting adult novels that were readily available to you um uh, you know when most people were reading goosebumps or just getting off the kick for dr seuss so i'm curious yeah. like you know where did this did you have you know did your parents have this stuff readily available you know it's, it's no. like when i ask when i ask people that you know that like like i watched you know friday the 13th when i was three and i'm like and i'm like where the fuck did you get a hold of Friday the 13th at age yeah. three? You know, so you're talking about some very adult novels. So I'm very curious on, on how you got introduced so early to those, you know, very adult novels. Well, um, the Hobbit we did, it. I think it was like grade four or five. So, um, and I did read all the Goosebumps too. Oh, <laughs> naturally. Uh, yeah, I, I had, but um yeah, it wasn't really accessible per se. If I, if my parents had it their way, they I probably would have played less games, spent less time in front of the computer writing my own novels. But, um, you know, at the same time, they just allowed me to be the creative person that I that I was. So um, they knew I was a smart kid, and I knew the difference from right and wrong. So yeah, I guess my parents were always a bit more open. I, I try to be like that with my own, with my own kids too. They're gonna learn eventually. So. Um, yeah no uh yeah i just always gravitated towards it and despite i didn't really fit in with my hometown but that's okay <laughs> i mean very rarely do people do so so this yeah. so these books were just available in your you know your local library or the library at the <laughs> elementary school yeah we'd go to the bookstore lots and i think i've collected a lot of my own books over the years just allowance or through jobs or whatever just um yeah they were all yeah i had them so i guess they were all accessible for sure that, yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool that you that you know you chose you know to go to mature content at you know books rather than you know the normal route where people go like oh you know i watch the movies and <clears throat> and you know, to gravitate towards books at a young age is, is, is pretty cool. And it's kind of, you know, um, you know, and I, and I gotta say, you probably one of like, we're one of the last generations that actually even had that available. I mean, cause nobody's in a the library these days. Nobody's, you know, you know, everybody's in front of their phones. So, yeah. you know, you know, and, and there's nothing quite, you know, there is something to be said about actually picking up a physical copy of a book. The, um, uh, you know, I have an acting background, so, you know, and I can't read scripts digitally. 
the um I need to have the physical pages because yeah. it's 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 otherwise it's just weird to me. So you know I'm I'm you know I'm curious you know about how you know when it comes to the changes in society and entertainment and you know even you know novelizations and everything else you know what's been your feeling about the changes that you've been watching as you've kind of come up and and then as as you're writing and now releasing a novel in you know 2022 you know what what are some of the changes that you've that you've kind of noticed well um yeah obviously it's like I, in my opinion, the books are always better than the than the than the movies, just because there's so much more. Like the prior, the the best example is probably the the Harry Potter films. In all honesty, like they do a really good job until like book four, then it really starts to der- derail a bit, just because they don't have the the room for to fit as much content. They tried to do the last one in two parts, but I just feel like it didn't do it justice still. And um, I see. I commended Game of Thrones for going like the TV episodic route because that allowed more breathing room, right? So if it was that, if I were to ever make the tragic into something like that, I'd probably go that route so you could actually get the full story without cutting too much, right? Without too, too, cutting too much quality. Um, I kind of wrote it with that in mind, right? Because like as you said, I've seen so many changes, right? And I like in the '90s. It was not only the best decade ever, but yeah, it really was the last generation where things felt real. You know what I'm saying? In in large ways. And um, what do you uh, what do you mean by what do you mean mean by real? Yeah, um, expand on that a little bit. Just society's become so copy and paste, and like everybody there's no hardly any risk takers anymore it's like oh it's got to make me a fortune or else i'm not playing around with it you know what i'm saying so yeah absolutely Um, marvel movies are terrible for that like movies i like marvel movies and all that stuff but i just really feel like the quality has gone excuse me sorry has been cut a lot um so yeah i do want to get into like filmmaking and stuff eventually too so like i really love the lord of the rings as a film they still cut some stuff from those films like tom bombadil how do you forget tom bombadil man like that's like one of the without tom bombadil the fellowship never even would have got anywhere but yeah they just completely omitted him from the movie (laughs) but um but then the hobbit was really well done like they did three movies of one book so that was like so thorough that they actually had to add stuff right so um I don't know. It like there's definitely a sacrifice of quality these days for the quicker buck, and yeah, I just I think you are starting to see a, a little more shift back towards quality again, because yeah, people are people are smarter than you think. So yeah. No, I know, and I know that um uh, that uh, that even um uh, recently um uh, Zach uh, when I were discussing discussing the newest uh, Avatar situation, and I know yeah. that um uh, you know uh, Zach, what, what was the whole thing? He, how much money does he need to make? I think it's two billion in order to make a profit or something around those lines and i'm like my man it has been over 10 years since you released that movie and that was like lightning in a bottle you had this new 3d technology everybody wanted to see it and for the most part when everybody walked out of that movie they're just like visually it was good overall the story was just meh but it, it does yeah. have its fanboys and its fan fan base and fanboys but for the most part i don't see that movie 
breaking any records like the first one, especially again, 10 plus years, like everyone yeah. kind of forgot about the movie. It's, it, it's also too, is, you know, it is for better or for worse, James Cameron's plots and synopsis and, and scripts are very simplistic. And, and that's the reason why he's been able to sell these movies is because he's had very simplistic pitches, two movies that come to mind. And I'm sure, and I know one, I know that he's quoted and everything else was Titanic. His yeah. his pitch for Titanic was Romeo and Juliet on Titanic. That was it. That yeah. was the pitch, and that's how he was able to sell it because it was so simplistic. And then also too, you know, with with Avatar, Avatar is clearly Pocahontas. They um, it's Pocahontas and uh, on a different world. I mean, like that's and that's why it's so simple. The um, uh, you know, I know that when he was coming up with his, you know, uh, you know, early careers, you know, and Terminator is based on a fever dream nightmare. You know, so, I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's because I think at the end of the day, you have movies that are visual spectacles, but if they don't have a good, solid story to back them up and something that is timeless, it's not going to last, you know, through the years. It's it's just not. Exactly. It's not going to not going to be the same. You know, I, I think, um, you know, disagree or agree. Leonardo DiCaprio had a quote. He said, Oscars should be given to movies 10 years after the fact. Mm-hmm. This this Because. Quality of movies, you know, should be measured about how they last, not necessarily what's popular in the moment. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. That's cool. So, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's always interesting. So you said you wanted to get into film filmmaking, you know, that's, I, yeah. I don't know if you know that that's our, um, our wheelhouse. I mean, you know, we, we run a, you know, a horror podcast, but we're also an active studio that works on, you know, projects and narrative projects. Zach's our resident post guy has been directing for a very long time writing. I've been acting since I was eight and, and also, you know, executive producing. So, you know, you know, so thank you. Um, so I want to hear, you know, what are, you know, some of your aspirations within filmmaking? Well, I just like, like, like to translate some of my own works into film, obviously. And I don't know, you guys look at George, Lucas, you know, he did it all himself. I really am inspired by that. I'm like, man, I just think it's so cool how he built everything himself and obviously with help and stuff, but you know, like the practical effects he used back in the day, you know, um, he got away from that, but I feel like that energy was, was really something. So it really, I, I would love to make a, a tragic film one day. I was actually, um, I went and I was an extra on a TV show not that long ago just to go experience. It was uh, 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 Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield. It's on D- Disney+. Plus. It was filmed around Calgary. So I got an opportunity to go be an extra and I just to learn some shit. And yeah, it was kind of fucking cool, actually. His um, big studio. I was like, yeah, I could picture turning my books into this shit for sure. And yeah, so you still got lots to learn, obviously, but um you know, um, I just, uh, I got a good plan, just um, what we're actually getting into, because uh, we haven't been talking much much about my music, but what I'm doing next is uh, is I'm, I'm combining all, all my worlds into one. So it'll be, I'm working on a novel that actually has an album to go with it, and I'm, we're actually working on the TV pilot right now, and I got a couple actors already like signed up from Vancouver. So we're gonna to try to make a TV episode of about a modern drama, and it's called a Hot Pretty Blues. Um, so that'll be my first stab into like the filmmaking world, but it's gonna have a novel and an album to go with it as well. That's my big goal for next year. So yeah, that's what I'm kind of aiming for. 
So you get so you get a little bit of ambiance with uh, you know with uh, the, the reading of the novel, and hopefully the album keeps pace as as people are reading, which is which is a really you know a, a interesting immersive um, uh, kind of experience. You know, I, I know most people play a lot of people play music in the background anyway. So um, uh, you yeah. know you know so you know, why not your music? The um, yeah. uh, the um, so. Um, you know what's it, what's been some of the the biggest surprises that you've learned as you're in you know these developments. Obviously, you know Zach and I got a you know decent backlog. You know, so I'm curious. You know, for somebody who's kind of coming into this fresh, you know, what are what what has been some of your biggest surprises? Um, well, um, the the support for the book has been surprising to be honest a bit um just even getting invited to stuff like this podcast which is pretty cool and pretty fulfilling um in in the states hip-hop is way more popular than it is in canada so hip-hop is a tough business up here Hmm. um so it was surprising just to see how different like I, I swear I could like invite some of my people I grew up with to my show for free and they still wouldn't come just because they don't care about rap. Like I swear I, I could bring Eminem himself into my hometown and people wouldn't even believe it. It was him. That's just like the mentality there, right? Jesus. Um, wow. Yeah, straight up. They just don't believe that it's possible. Like that's – it's like straight up. Hmm. It, it's it's Yeah. Um, Definitely a small so, town type of, type of thing. For sure, like Canada itself is 39 million people spread across the whole thing. We could all fit into New York City, right? Holy so shit. yeah, that's true. Yeah, so like people think Canada's landmass is large, but everybody hangs out close to the border. And yeah, um, I live a bit further. I live in Red Deer, in between Edmonton and Calgary. Um, so I live in a bit of a bigger place and I've like spidered out. I've done, I've toured Western Canada and it's, I haven't gone, gotten much further ahead. Um, just because people would rather go listen to country and stuff. That just is what it is here. Garth Brooks can sell out like five days in a row in the same city here. Speaking of the nineties, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> the, um, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's very interesting, you know, it, and this is actually something interesting that we're, experiencing even on our end with um with horror which is what we actually in the last couple of weeks have been talking to many different people from all over the world um uh, we've been talking to we had uh, um a awesome director from romania and we also had a podcast a horror podcaster from spain um in, in them and it's very interesting to hear you say these things because these things run in tandem is in those other countries um you know horror is is non-existent and really? it, it's not existent. It, it doesn't is it exist out there, even though they have many reasons to to have it there. And and I'm kind of getting the feeling that most things that are genre fair, the um, science fiction, sci-fi, things of that nature, are not as um, prevalent either. The um, uh, and it's and it's very interesting how you know the United States is kind of unique in that regard. Um, uh, you know and. It's it's not really you know because we grew up with all this stuff right I mean I grew up with Star Trek and Star Wars you know just yeah. readily available they um uh, you know I grew up watching um Hercules and Zenith Princess Warrior so like I yeah. mean all that shit was readily available at any given time so yeah. you know I mean I used to you know watch all the you know the horror cartoons like I'm wearing right now Real Monsters so yeah. you know it's just so interesting to hear that 
that you know uh, that you know in a lot of these places it, it, it's just not available or even or even looked upon you know in especially for hip hop which is so prevalent it's it's almost an american i think it is an american art form right next to jazz jazz and yeah. it's jazz rap and westerns the um uh, like you know those are you know the things that i we can probably solely claim as american so i'm very you know and you guys are right upstairs the um uh, so it, it, it it's very interesting that they don't find a value in it, you know, even, you know, even in, you know, even in that area. Um, uh, do they have the same attitude with, uh, with fantasy and with other, other things as well in your environment? Not really. So like, it's interesting. And that's just it. It's just like, man, it's crazy. That's what was surprising that the fantasy was so much easier. Interesting. Like, like I got my aunties and my uncles buying three copies of my book. They're like, oh, come sign this at Christmas. I'm like, yeah, I got you. You think they've ever been to a rap show? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, um, you know, Canadians are funny because <laughs> it's it's I've I've been to the states too. Like, but like it's it's not very much different. Like, it's not. It's very Americanized here in, in large ways. Sure. Um, Canadian broadcasters are actually supposed to play a certain percentage of Canadian content, but that's always like getting like moved around a lot. Um, so we get a lot of the American content, of course. And, um, and then uh, it's, it, it's frustrating how some things are such an easy sell and then some things aren't it's, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to hear other places in the world too. It just, I think the the states is offered does offer unique opportunity because it just has such a it's such a culture moving nation you know what I mean like it really is and so it makes like I've had American artists where I've got I've uh, guys like Locksmith and stuff they come up here like oh this is awesome I would love to come up to Canada more often and it's like bro it's like why <laughs> like there's hardly any people here like you know what i mean like and he says oh what do you uh, we we sell out local shows every weekend in the states i'm like bro that would never happen here like hmm. um and so yeah it's just it's it's been an interesting challenge that's what's made me focus i want to branch out more get my name more out more out into the states into like the uk and stuff right um just because, yeah, <laughs> they're just like it's actually in 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 the states. About twenty two percent of Americans listen to rap and hip hop, and in Canada, it's only about four percent. So that's shit. how wow, that's, that's how big huge, it is. Huge difference, you, you know. I I think, and by the way, I kind of want to expand upon a thought I just had, and I want to get yeah. your take on it. Which is, you know, I, I had this when we were talking to uh, the, our wonderful podcaster um, Amara in Spain. Um, uh, she uh, she was letting letting us know that you know people in Spain don't like horror because it's unpleasant. The um, they don't like and or they're and they're also very superstitious over there. So they like they don't want anything aggressive, negative. Like, you know, they just get that stuff away from me. Like I don't want it, even though they have decades of history of the macabre and the the gothic and they have all this you know great backlog of stuff and 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 i and i wonder that you know oftentimes in life there is a correlation between metal music horror and then rap because they all have 
you know, an aggression to them. They all have an energy to them. It's an expression of, of, I don't want to say distaste or dis or displeasure, but it, it but a lot of it is is strived from the negative side of the battery. The um, it's yep. it's not it's not always it's it's the negative side. It's the the DC rather than the AC, and you know, and, and I and I and I wonder if that's the the same thing within Canada is that they don't particularly care for rap music because it often implies something unpleasant or aggressive or um, you know, it's an art form that is. Um, uh, you know, that has a very intricate sound of how it, how it works. You know, it, it is poetry, but it's poetry through the lens of, of displeasure, aggression in, in a lot of ways and getting your, your negative shit out the same way that I think metal does. And I think that that often, um, uh, pairs a really interesting marriage. And then also to an extent, so is horror. The, um, horror is also, you know, getting out some of those, the demons and, and, and yeah. everything else. So I'm very curious if that, if you've discovered that that's the same case necessarily in Canada, that people are like, like, oh, that just it sounds angry. I, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to be near that. And you know, because oftentimes I think rap, metal, and horror, and to an extent, I think uh, fantasy and science fiction get a a bad rap because it's just outside. It's outside the fringes of 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 normal society. It's it's outside the normal fringes of the human psyche, you know, psyche. So I, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm curious on, on your perspective on, on that thought. I, I think you banged it on the head, man. Um, I just, um, like it only speaks to those who want to hear the message, like, like, you know, and I think, I, I think you did nail that in a large way. Cause um, a lot of Canadians, they like folk music, country music, just shit that makes you feel good, you know, which is, I get, I like that kind of music too every once in a while, you know, but um, I, I think they just, there's a, a large amount of the population that plays it safe. And like, for whatever reason, they're not willing to accept, like, like, for example, like when I was, I did like a book signing at, at, a, at a Christmas market the other day and um, you know, Oh, I'm not into fantasy. But uh, this book looks cool. I was like, yeah, no, and not everybody is. It's not not everybody's. It's not your thing. You know what I mean? Um, to some people, it's just not real. Like, to how does this relate to my real life? If I just can't relate to my real life, then it's not valuable to me, right? Mm. Um, so I think that's where that happens with with metal. I love heavy metal too. I love going to a heavy metal show because those guys are techno. Like those guys are fucking insane. Like I love trivia. Like they, those guys can play. Man, like those guys can play and like musicians speak the same language like genre is really only in my opinion a genre is something for the audience so it's how you organize your audience right largely creation of music and stuff well no matter what genre you're doing is largely the same like um even though i make hip-hop and rap i've worked with guys with rock and country before too like you know it's all the same gear same stuff you know um so, yeah, it's just I feel like I got off track. I no, 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 you did great. I think, I think yeah. you know, you said something interesting. You, you said artists kind of speak the same language, and I, I just had like a flashback of like an old a video from like one of the MTV awards where literally um, uh, Tupac reintroduced Kiss 
when they came back on 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 their new tour and he and he's like yeah. he's like like the, like these awards are all about surprises and then like here's my surprise and then like all of them walked out with their makeup because in the 80s they got rid of the makeup but then they came back with the makeup and he's like these are my homeboys the um uh, like and i'm like Sick. i'm like that's like I'm like that's fucking fantastic like i didn't I, even know that happened that's yeah incredible. dude if you get a chance to go on youtube and watch it it's so it's so fucking funny and like and 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 in like and, and and you could tell that like um even Pac had a real appreciation for their their music and their artistic flair you know like their performance flair yeah. like you know any he, any he really dug you know like what they were all about and it's really cool so artists kind of speak the same language you know yes. like you know the um uh, and you know I could talk to people that are you know different types of filmmakers and different types of artists but I think that it all comes from just a way to express yourselves but I, yes. I, but I think that's something that's lost in small time i i think more at the end of the day people that are in just smaller towns and everything else are very set in their ways and they're not willing to you know um you know to explore things outside of their um outside of their comfort zone or more importantly they they feel that growing up means dismissing things that they feel are childish yes and i, I think that's a that that's right there is a tragedy you know um What's that one quote? I'm gonna mess it up, but this one quote by this one skateboarder, uh, he actually passed away. Oh fuck! I'm gonna like look it up quick, cause yeah, um, yeah. But it's like he's like, it uh, goes along something like, you're not old. You're sorry, you're not too old. I miss. How does it go? It goes. You're not too old to skateboard. You got. Too old because you quit skateboarding. That, that wasn't it either. Hold on, I gotta find it because it's bothering me. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I trust me, I know, dude. Um, and then um, Mark Twain had a great one: "Age is a mind over matter. If you don't it mind, is. if you don't mind, it doesn't matter." Exactly. The, I love that. Yeah, the um, uh, was always uh, uh, um, a great thing. While you're you know looking that up, I, I the um, I I think that's an interesting thing. You know, in in culture. Is that people are not willing to, you know, you know, it, I think people are becoming even more, um, you know, because of even more technology are becoming, you know, even more closed minded than they ever were. The, um, uh, you know, which is kind of weird because you would think that the technology would expand, you know, their reach. And it has to a certain degree. I think it's, you know, really connected people that never would have connected before. But yeah, but I think it's 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 like you know dividing people even more so, so they don't want to leave their little bubble. Yeah, you know, I have a big beef with like I have such a mental debate with the technology, like just because of course it's allowed, it's allowing this podcast to happen right now. Like you know, like twenty years ago, we wouldn't even be able to do this. You know what I'm saying? So it's created other opportunities, but it's like you said, like the negative part of the battery. Yeah. Like Twitter, Facebook, if some there's a, I'm sure you guys have been, like ninety percent of your feeds are just people like crying about life, right? It's it's crazy, and it's just like and, and I think people become more closed minded because they have a platform that allows them to be that person, and yeah, it's crazy, and um, I, I've lost so many for friends over politics and shit. It's sad. It's just sad, and it's. And it has become more more divisive, like like you said. So, um, yeah, no, that's why I just like to play in my world and create things that brings people together. Honestly, so yeah. 
the um the uh, did you have something to add Zach? I, I got the oh, uh, no sorry um no i try to stay off social media like specifically for reasons like that like that shit just annoys me i don't want to deal with that shit yeah. i don't want to listen to that shit i don't want to hear people bitch about their lives all fucking day i have my own problems and yeah. you know it, i i ain't got time for that shit you know <laughs> I, funny enough i i saw Corey posting about this the other day it's just like yo why is everybody so depressed all the time yes. and i thought yes. that was hilarious it's just like like what's up with everybody and i'm just like i just feel like a badass my man <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I totally saw that too and yeah i agree man it, just uh life's too goddamn short like try to enjoy it like an old friend of mine like all he would do is sit around and cry on facebook about every little thing like all his problems and this man was presented with so many opportunities to improve his life but what did he do sit lay down and bitch on facebook like the little child that he was it was it was annoying yep i'm like dude what the fuck are you doing just get it do something man Move. Yeah. Literally, move. Go for a walk. It'll help. I used to do that all the time. Now I just fucking work all the time. But that's besides the point. It's all to improve myself. I swear. <laughs> he, he swears. <laughs> he swears it's wor- it's working. I swear. Don't get sad. Well, get angry. Let that rage fuel your fire. There you go. Well, that's right. Like Kratos yeah, no, and the Doom Slayer. Metal. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Well, one thing I've definitely learned over the years is like nothing worth doing is easy no no nothing at all and uh so and yeah i think humanity has a new addiction and they everybody's addicted to getting notified oh those little notifications the more notifications i get the more my feelings of self-loathing or whatever are justified you know what i'm saying and it's yeah life sorry go ahead no no no. go ahead go ahead you're good life is short and life can be depressing but like if you choose to see the good there's a ton of good right so yeah and then choose to work hard every day on making bettering yourself nothing wrong with that at all a hundred percent agree man absolutely and then also too to just to have a you know a purpose i mean you know this is you know this is what we're doing right now is far more interesting you know i mean like we're having a really this is you know for all the for all the other the young kids that are watching and everything else this is what people used to do before technology we had fucking conversations sometimes they were interesting sometimes they were silly sometimes they were real fucking stupid but we had them and they were and all of them had a purpose and they were all enjoyable to some degree the um uh conversations were a good thing I really wish yeah. I had a soccer bopper to punch you in the face right now because that would have been hilarious to include. I really right wish there. you. God. I really wish you did too. Honestly, <laughs> thank you, my friend. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Dick. The um, uh, the um, uh, dude, I just met you. <laughs> the um, uh, the um, uh, no, that's how I make. See, friends. this is why life yeah. is worth living because you could just punch your friend in the face and everyone's happy the um uh, yeah yeah anyway um uh, moving on <laughs> no it's just it, it just sucks that that, that people don't have uh, you know artistic purposes and and everything else so you know i i do want to get an opportunity you know uh let's uh you talked a little bit about your your book and everything else um uh, you know give our our audience uh you know kind of a synopsis and then you know then maybe talk about some of the you know where you started 
started, you know, I know you started very early on the inspiration of this story, but, you know, talk about some of the ideas that, that ended up leading to the story. Why did you feel that you needed to tell this story in particular? Well, it was more of a, I guess it was more of a, I've always loved fantasy. I've always wanted to tell my own story. Like Legend of the Tragic is a pretty familiar story because like, a lot of fantasy stories have a young man that comes from a village. He ends up facing problems, right? What makes the legend of the tragic stand out is its own, it's its own unique flavor and it's very intelligent and lots of world building and everything makes sense. You won't ever have a question of why anything is happening, right? So everything is pretty thoroughly explained. And honestly, it was just, I just, did it for a lot of like i i wanted to do it just so i could like become an author you know what i mean and just people might like or love the love or hate the first book but it's a start you know and like i started young and i've had kids i've had tons of mistakes over the years you know bad relationships everybody makes bad choices and stuff um and i just i just think man i want to do something amazing so I guess I just was fired up to do this. Like not many people from my hometown have like written books and like, and, and people, some people build houses, some people weld, some people write books, you know, it's all a part of human society. So, um, I, I don't know. I guess it just feels like it's, it, it's, it's my purpose. Uh, I have, uh, I have the ability. I was given the ability with words, so I may as well use them. Um, and, yeah. Um, Led to the tragic was challenging because I knew I didn't want, I wanted to make it its own beast for sure. So it's about Heinro. Uh, he comes, it's a, it's a, it, it takes place in a fictional world. Uh, the kingdom of Tristran and Zemots are at war. They have been for a long time. Uh, Tristran is, they, they're known for making magical weaponry and their their wizards and stuff are pretty good and so the blade mages they create the weapon that is actually what the tragic eventually becomes uh the zemots steal this weapon and they uh the tragic is basically a magical weapon of mass destruction right so they can kill a whole bunch of people and the tragic in the beginning of the tragic there's an armor there's a treaty supposed to be signed but there's um the, the descendants of the blade mage Volgar, he knows that something's up. Um, and Heinro himself, the, the main character, he, he gets wrapped up in this whirlwind of between these kingdoms, of course, but uh, a power awakens within him that, that kind of breaks the rules of everything else. And that, that makes even the blade mage Volgar look at Heinro a little bit sideways too. He's like, he was, because yeah, he's a bit dangerous. He can no, 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 nobody's sure if he's actually good or bad. So yeah, um, yeah, I was. Uh, there's a lot of work. Um, I don't want to spoil too much of the book, obviously. Uh, no, of, of, of course, of course, yeah. of course. But yeah, it's a, it's quite a. There's lots of war. Like it's a big. It, there's it's a, definitely like a battle. Lots of big battle scenes. Lots of magic try to really make it like a cinematic experience even for a reader um lots of like human emotion too and like that that's the big difference it's like you're gonna feel these guys this dude's pain like you will you're like um the tragic is a play on like the like the 
tragic circumstances of the world that and like this events of the story that are occurring so yeah I love, I love that. That's fantastic. The, um, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds, you know, it's, it's got that classic element and everything else. It's, you know, so many great stories that uh, from before that, that worked about, you know, two warring factions that, you know, the, and then somebody yep. that's caught in between them, you know, the, the Romeo and Juliet's, the Hatfield and the McCoys, you know, the, you know, yep. well, Romeo and Juliet, that's the Montague's and the Cap, uh, Capulas, the, um, so, you know, did you, uh, when you were working on this, obviously you worked on this from a very, very young age and you may not remember, but did you were you looking at you know I always say this science fiction horror and uh, fantasy are always allegories to the world around you and obviously there's something to relate about being in a small village just you know as you said you grew up in a small town and adventuring out to something big you know did you take any any inspiration from any world you know world events or anything that you were seeing or did this kind of just float right from your imagination and you just ran with it well. It was largely from my imagination. Like the world is a rough place to begin with. Um, I've, I've studied a lot of anthropology and sociology in my years too. So I definitely threw some of those elements into it. So like sociology is like studying why humans do things to each other. I love right? sociology. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Fa- it's fascinating. It is. Yeah. It's uh, I was, I made my going for my English degree, but once I started taking some sociology classes, I made it a dual one. So I'm going for sociology and English now, but yeah. Um, I wanted to incorporate, um, just the broader human consequence, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, like war is a shitty thing. So like the bad guy, Cleo, he's a prick. So <laughs> he's, he's a prick. So once you read the book and you're like, man, people are actually like that though. That's, that, that, that's just it. There's been human atrocities that people are actually, and it's just gross, but, um, it's just to show like, like humans can be bad, but humans can be good too, you know? Um, and yeah, so there's a lot of real human emotion, despite it being a fantasy novel, like the emotion is what it's based off of. Like Heiner was trying to save his mom He's, you know, trying to save his his kingdom from certain doom he, he's trying to figure out himself too because mm. he doesn't even know if he can trust himself so um yeah it's uh I, i'm yeah it was a lot of i was I, I as i was finishing the book i was getting emotional myself so i knew that this was going to be good so i just like this is i just knew that i was on the right path and um so I'm excited for people to read it and enjoy it. Um, it's a long ass book, so I'm not expecting people to like hurry up and read it. Because <laughs> yeah, I I honestly didn't mean to, but I just like kind of kept on rolling, and yeah, I was like, oh, five six hundred pages. The publisher gets back to me, eight hundred sixteen. I'm like, holy fuck! There goes ninety five percent of the people that I know that are going to read it. So yeah, <laughs> they um, well, you know, they, all the other you know, the most fantasy novels are very 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 large. <laughs> And everything else so it always it always um uh, you know kind of goes that way the um you know i was curious you know as we're talking i'm gonna get real like you know i kind of a little nerdy on on and literature and and um uh, you know script making did you you know when you were writing this you know did you kind of go the black and white route or did you go the you know more complexity in gray because star wars is all is based on you know joseph campbell's work 
and that's all very like clear archetypes that's very like good guy bad guy you know like you know it doesn't get complex until like you know empire but star wars a new hope was very like you know of the old stories of of this is this is everybody's clear area of turf you know you got the good you got the bad everything is good you know and then you have you know um the or, or then you have <laughs> Um, Game of Thrones, which everyone's a, a fucking prick, and I you know, or you have, you know, you have most of sci-fi where there's so many areas of gray, you know, and so many fan. I mean, Lord of the Rings is very gray, you know. Not everybody's perfect, and people make mistakes. Harry Potter is very gray, you know. It, it's a little bit more archetype. I Lord of the Rings is far more gray. I mean, you know, Frodo fucks up, and you know, and yeah. every, and other characters are tempted by the ring, you know. So I mean, like. There's plenty of gray. So, you know, when you were working on this, did you kind of go more George Lucas or did you go more, you know, Tolkien? Tolkien all the way, man. That's why he that's why he was the goat. That's why he (laughs) just and even like you can see that even in the movies like that gray, just like you can feel that. You know what I mean? Like you can feel his his temptation. It's like, man, is he going to do it? Like, is he going to like, you know, and humans in real life, like some are the boring ones are pretty one-sided i guess but everybody's different you know and everybody reacts to situations problems challenges differently you know and um so i really like to believe that my characters are definitely like to me they're real people even though they're not you know what i mean so um but uh yeah so they have to have like layers to them it's definitely more gray they're not just one side well like Cleo is kind of a prick. He is kind of a prick. But at the same time, there is – you get insight into his past where he wasn't always a prick, mm. right? So – and it, you see like one of the perspectives is um, – because it, it, it does have multi-perspectives, right? You, like you got – you see things from Heinro's viewpoint obviously, from Bulgar's. Uh, Nexus is, an, is another character. Um, she's – basically side by side she's like uh she's actually the uh she's the ambassador for another kingdom but she lives in zima it's like the the bad place so she can see all the bad shit unfolding around her right so she and, doesn't uh, even, she's just caught in the middle and she she doesn't really have a um a horse in the race necessarily but she she lives where the where the fucked up shit is happening but she represents yes. a completely other kingdom that's not even involved in this bullshit Yes, exactly. So she's just an ambassador and she just kind of caught there with the other ambassadors and she just can see this kingdom going to shit, people being thrown in concentration camps, basically. And when all, when she's promised that this isn't going to happen, right? It's really like definitely some parallels to like like the Nazi regime for sure. Like the Z-Mots, they're, they're just, yeah, do some awful shit. So yeah, yeah. Um, um, or you know, or you know, a, you know, basically being, you know, a, um, basically being Switzerland, um, uh, in in the mix. You know, you're not involved yeah. in the shit, but you still, you know, you still live, you know, in in the in the in the, in the bullshit. Yeah. So what the Nexus ends up doing, she ends up trying to like feed the prisoners. She tries to like free them, like sneaking around, trying to get herself in trouble. Right. So yeah. Um, 
I love that. I love that. So, hey, let's um, let's have a let's have this a uh, little bit of a fun conversation. So, if they do turn sure. the, turn this into something, you know, artistic, you know, if you had your 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 uh, you know, your choice of of getting anybody to play any of these roles, you know, what would it be? I was having a fun conversation with Zach about Mortal Kombat. If they if yeah. they if they made it today, you know, like who would we want to be in if we had a a free running list, you know, and we had fun, you know, at doing that. So, I'm curious. If you had, you know, free reign to, to get anybody you want to play some of these roles, you know, who would they be? Well, if I could bring back people from the dead, sure. Heath Ledger, Heath, Heath Ledger would be a great, a great Heinrich. I always, I always thought that. And then uh, when he died, I was like, oh crap, there goes that. I was, yeah, um, I haven't given it much thought to be honest, but there's a lot of great actors out there now, like um, so many. So. Uh, I, that's tough to say, but I mean, hmm. <laughs> the um, uh, this is all, that's why you know these it, it brings up some fun stuff of 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 you know like trying to you know figure out who you know who we do. I mean, how we went back to the two thousands and you know into um uh, you know into today, um uh, trying to figure out who we would cast for the new you know the old Mortal Kombat or the new one. The um yeah. uh, you know so Terry Crews is brought up in the conversation, which is always nice. He would be the perfect yeah. Jax. He would be the absolute perfect Jax. The um uh, so I don't know if you're a Mortal Kombat fan. Um uh, yeah. the um uh, so like you know we we said Jax and um. Uh, the one, the I think the one girl from uh, the Mandalorian um, would be great. The one that was a UFC fighter uh, for oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. for um, uh, um, uh, you know for Sonya. The um, uh, so I mean you know it was just fun stuff like that. The um, uh, you know you might have to give that some thought, man, because you may be in a position where you have to make those decisions or at least provide a suggestion. Well, that would be the goal. Like if I say, ideally. Because we haven't even started like a big marketing kick. This is actually the first podcast. I'm doing like a virtual book tour starting December 26. And then I'm appearing on a whole bunch of different blogs in the state. So this is a great way to kind of start it off. But if, if say, the tragic blew up and I had some like movie company come and like, hey, we want to turn this into a movie. There would be some stipulations probably. Like, A, I'd want to be involved. Probably. Of course. Of course. Yeah. B, when it comes to casting, I, I think I'd like do like open like rehearsals and like give somebody do a shot, to be honest. And Perfect. I think because um, like like getting back to Star Wars, like a lot of the, those guys had their big break through Star Wars, even though they had appeared in through movies and stuff before. Um, I just think it'd be cool to do that. Um, just kind of give some some new young guns a, a shine because like – in Canada, like I just feel like, like some people are like, "Oh, you've been at this for so long. How come you're not famous?" Yada yada yada. It's like, bro, it's just it's everybody's ignored here. And I know like there's actors that do that too. So there's some real like talent out there in the rough, man. Like some people they wouldn't even like know or think of. So yeah, um, in my mind, I think the the most magical way to do it would be to give like somebody who, who's hungry for success and like like um they're they they're driven to succeed you know like all those like young guns like that i think that would be the ticket i know i know the landscape of where i live like alberta there's like there's plains to my east there's mountains and foothills and forests to my west to, to the west of me so i could definitely film something here for sure a lot of shit is filmed around here actually 
honestly, you'd be better off filming there and everything else. You're probably able to get it done. And then you'd be able to get it done in the independent sense. Things get done yeah. a lot faster that way. The, um, uh, so yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm so, dude, thank you so much, man, for, for making us your first, you know, first stop, um, uh, you know, on this, uh, virtual book tour. I'm, I'm very excited to see where it all goes. You know, I, I did want the opportunity though, to, uh, to talk about, um, uh, your music, um, uh, you know, yeah. like, um, cause I know that we've had Corey on here and we've had a couple composers on here as well. And, um, uh, you know, it's always kind of cool. I know that, you know, I, I've always had appreciation for hip hop. Um, and, uh, Zach's definitely more of the metalhead, although, although I am too, I'm a, I, I'm a fucking weirdo when it comes to music, you know, like I, I got, you know, I, I got Backstreet Boys next to Metallica, next to Cannibal Corpse, next to Sinatra, the, um, nice. uh, so it, it just goes all over the place and the, um, oh, man. and I love it. The, um, uh, I love it all the time. It's great. It, it's, you know, it's good to have that kind of uh, variety in my life i got i got a, i got a music for every mood um uh the yeah. um uh you know I, I can paint with a lot of different colors and not just gunmetal gray um uh the um uh, <laughs> as one of the guitarists from megadeth once said um uh, the uh, but um but i'm curious man you know how did you get started in, in in hip-hop how did that whole journey begin for you well um i liked hip-hop earlier uh same time i was playing all those games actually in the 90s like there's a lot of good hip hop men. And like, I think Dr. Dre was my first and then like Limp Bizkit, all that stuff. <laughs> it was funny. My mom was trying to take away all those bad CDs, but then my dad was giving them back to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And I just loved it, man. And, um, you know, I just was so intrigued with the music and, um, just like the stories, like the messages. I love DMX, man. Like DMX art, rest in peace man he was one Worth. of my first one and i uh, just um just his rawness his raw ability just to like vent on a on a record like that man was crazy and like of course i fell in love with eminem too because like he's just like his his technique is insane and um really when i started was around the eight mile era so of course. <laughs> really funny story and so many white rappers started around then it's sad in all honesty <laughs> but um so we went, I was in grade nine, 14 years old, went and watched 8 Mile. It was like, man, that was fucking awesome. Rap battles, that was fucking badass, right? And then my friends, they started like writing rap notes to each other, like rap battle, like on letters, you know what I'm saying? Like not like <laughs> reciting it, but like they write like, oh, my, 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 dearie, my dearest homie, the, yeah. um, uh, I shall take it the wench away from you. Yeah. <laughs> Sincerely, Mick Awesome Pants. That's basically what it was. So it was, uh, and that was probably a better bar than what those bars are. Honestly, oh. probably had. So... <laughs> But that's how we started, man. And then my my one buddy, Farron, I actually just talked to him not that long ago because, yeah, this this actually came up. Um, a lot of people in my life have been coming back into my life because of my book, too, actually, which has been kind of crazy. But um, he went onto this one website called ratbattles.com, and that changed the game for me altogether because – he, he, he showed me, we were in the freaking school library on the computer. He's like, oh, check, oh, check out this website. It's Rap Battles. You can text battle these guys. And I was like, okay. So I did that, right? And that was the first foray into it. And um, that's what introduced me to like the international hip-hop community. There was Americans, there was Europeans. Everybody was on there, right? Nice. And then uh, I fell in love with it. I just like text battled it. But then, <clears throat> then it just 
text battling wasn't doing it. So then there was a side where people were recording their audios. And that's what got me into making music. So when the audio battles, I started doing audio battles. That's when I learned how to make and like record, mix and master and stuff. I couldn't flow to a beat to save my life when I first began. Right. But then um, I had some like good advice from those guys, like dudes like Carson Jet. I don't even know where the fuck that guy is now, but like just form names, right? Like rap forms. And um, I just like built my technique from there. Nobody was nice. You know what I mean? It was like nobody had to be nice. So it's like that was the best way. That was so competitive and that was the best way to build my skill. And then um, there was like rap battles in Canada, but KOTD just they, they never got back to me for some reason. And then I wanted to battle in person, but then it just never occurred. And I just like focused more on my song making. I ended up having kids and shit. There's been kids who tried to diss me and shit before. And um, they're like, oh, respond. I'm like, nah, bro. And then they ended up apologizing to me. You know what I mean? So it's, and so I just like, I learned to focus more on the song creating because like battling is fun and all, but it's not really why I want to make music, right? So I learned that and then I started focusing on albums and stuff and like making music videos and yeah, man, it's fun. I love performing. I love making music. I love being on stage and just like knowing the room is mine because they're just like, like I don't fucking rap over my own songs at shows. Like it's straight raw performance, like on stage every time. So I like come up covered in sweat, just like all these multiple syllable rhymes. I love it. I just wish there was a bigger audience for it in Canada. Um, Cause yeah, a lot of like a lot of the times you end up playing for small crowds and stuff, right? Oh yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's fun, man. I love music, and I do got some pretty good musical fans too. They just said getting them all in one spot is hard. <laughs> no, I hear. I, I know Canada is yeah. very vast, as you said. You know the yeah. uh, um, uh, you know, and and I love that too because you know it, it, when you're performing, man, is the is the equivalent of of having the basketball, you know, in a, in a basketball game, like everybody, yeah. you're the, all the focus is on you and you control the movement of everybody else on that court. Yeah. The, um, when you have the ball and there's not, there's no feeling and no drug, no feeling that ever gets you to that point to know, you know, that you, you know, that, that it's you, man, they, everybody's on you, the, um, yeah. and you control the, the, pl- the flow and the pace of everything. It's a, it's a fucking insane experience. It is. And it's just, I love it, man. It's such an adrenaline rush. Like the, the Screaming Sage tour we did this year was really good. Um, so it was my biggest tour ever. Like I drove fucking so much. Like if I was converting it to miles, I can't even do, like I drove like 30,000 kilometers. So miles is like 10,000 miles or something Oof. like that. Holy shit. Like it's Canada's huge, man, because like I drive my kids to and from school every day. Right. So I like I. So I live in Red Deer. I drive my kids to school. And then like on the weekends when I have tours, I go out and do, do these shows. I'll go and do one part, then come back. And then I'll go out and do another part, then come back. And then like Red Deer, it's kind of like central to Western Canada. So that's allowed me to do that. Mm. Um, I haven't been all the way across yet because it's just so fucking huge. Um, the, um, uh, it's, a- yeah. it's actually quicker to cut through the United States to get to Toronto than it is to drive all the way around. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dude, I've said this a couple of times, man, and, and and you know, one of these days, maybe you know, uh, Corey got got drunk on Facebook one time and was teasing it. The um, he's like, like, I want to just come and live down there with you guys and and you know, be the be the be the third member in here. And I'm like, I'm like, don't you fucking tease me, man. The um, yeah. uh, there's a seat right here for you. But like, you know, I you know, you guys would be tremendously successful if if you came down here and um uh, and did your thing in the states. The um, uh, you know, maybe one day. 
Um, uh, you know, it, it's um, you know, and no, it's it's very cool. How did you meet Corey? The um, how did that how did that all start? Yeah, so yeah, like I was saying, it's just a tight knit hip hop community up here. Um, he works with my good buddy J Reds, who I first did a lot of my first tours with, and yeah, um, he's come down to Red Deer. I've been up in Edmonton, and we really only see each other at shows, but he's super friendly, and um, yeah, he's super supportive. He was the one who got me on this podcast, so and I know he was super excited about my book, and uh, yeah, we've just known each other just through the community over the years, and that's basically how a lot of people know each other up here is through the community. Oh, I've did this show with you, or I've seen your video or stuff like that. Um, and yeah, we've had a chance to be at a few shows together and have a few good chats. And uh, he's just, and like just the, what he posts about, you know, it just shows what kind of a character he is. He's just a very bright energy, you know? Um, like I said, why is everybody so damn depressed? Like, it's just, yeah, bro. It's like, fucking be happy to be alive. Like it's a pretty random thing to be alive even. So yeah be happy the um i know any day could be your final day yeah the um, exactly any day above uh, above ground is a good day and actually you know man he's been um incredibly sweet to us he's always shared shared our stuff we've had many you know private conversations you know i've had many private conversations with him um via messenger you know you know hey you know hey man how's it going what's going on you know he you know congratulations on getting engaged i know he congratulated me as well you know it's it's been a, a really fun relationship does this far and um and i'm gonna cut this together and send it to him uh the um uh, just to you know make him feel all warm and fuzzy inside the um but you know it, it's the relationship that we that we actually share with Corey is what the what the internet was always supposed to be the yeah. uh which is connecting with like-minded people and building a relationship without necessarily even um you know meeting them in person you know and and, and i think that the, the interesting part is i'm so looking forward to meeting him in person because that's going to be, you know, it, it's like at that point, it's just like reunion, you know, um, you know, getting together with an old friend, the um, yeah. uh, somebody that I already know, the um, and I and I'm already quite fond of the um, uh, and uh, you know, and he's and he said just you know amazing things about us and um, publicly and privately, the um, uh, you know, which has been tremendously, you know, um, supportive. I love people that bring people together in a way that that you know, normally is impossible. We've had you are the second guest that we've had today based on his introduction actually so that's awesome you know so his his producer um uh, squib out of bent yeah. oregon and everything i i don't know if you know him the, uh, i don't know him actually the, so, yeah uh, you know yeah he um he was on here his name's uh ian he actually works at the last blockbuster uh in bent oregon the um, no way yeah so we had a great conversation the with last him. blockbuster in the country even maybe no. even around the world no it is it is the last it is the last blockbuster in the world oh, oh the, okay um, uh, yeah. Yeah. the last like, one just fucking awesome and he was telling us all about it and we may even be getting an interview with like the guy who runs the place too so yeah. that'll be fine yeah that'll maybe. be maybe don't quote me yeah, on that yeah don't quote me on anybody on that you know so the um uh, you know and, that's awesome and what we may do too is i think i think this would be cool um we may have the three of you on one time and have our yeah. entire canadian troop on 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 the call on one podcast awesome. like i would love that that would be fucking dope so hey um uh so what what i normally do is i i kick i, I um i end the podcast with a um a question of the podcast um yeah. uh, it's just something i fucking just make up you know halfway through this and um uh, and one of the ones that this might be really hard for zach but pretty easy for you and i maybe um is you know what's a a novel or a, a graphic novel comic book you know anything in the written form 
that has not been turned into a piece of of entertainment of some kind that you would love to have it be turned into a piece of entertainment um a movie a television show you know something that just hasn't happened yet and you're like you're like this needs to get turned into something and everything else and as per our tradition we always let the guests go first but if they do want to pass they can pass so uh i'll hear you guys first i oh. don't mind for sure but yeah no. i'll just be the polite canadian oh my god well this is a podcast first um uh for a guest to to pass it the uh a guest has never passed so this is a this is a nightmares podcast first so that's fantastic um i'll give zach a a minute um let's think about it mine's actually um a book called hawks harbor by se hinton um if that name sounds familiar that's the one who wrote the outsiders um is actually the story about um a man who's a like a traveling vagabond who's actually dealing with the trauma of being tortured and drained by a vampire. And it's his life cool. story. The, um, Crazy. Uh, it's a great, great book. Great book. Um, I, I was blown away by it. I'm like, this is fucking fantastic. Um, uh, you know, the, um, and I just hope that they stay true to the book because um, the last book that I read that turned into a movie, it was very disappointed, um, which was Ready Player One. Um, I have a lot of issues with uh, with that movie. Even though I love Spielberg, obviously I got a huge Jaws poster behind me, um, yeah. uh, you know. So, but but yeah, that that that's definitely something that I would love to see be turned into, um, uh, you know, a piece of TV or um, or you know, movies. How about you, Zach? So the problem with this is everything I have ever read is either based off a movie or a game. So in turn, everything I have ever read has already been adapted to some other form or media because I'm an illiterate piece of shit. (laughs) The first book I will be reading that's not based off anything is Dennis's novel. And then soon my friend's novel because he wants me to read it and go over it. So I'm like, okay. And maybe soon even this guy's novel right here. So I I legit do not have anything that has not been adapted to either a movie or a video game or any other form of media. Like, uh, my backlog of books, anything Predator-related, anything Alien-related, anything Star Wars-related, Terminator even, God of War, The Darkness, Spider-Man, all that stuff has been adapted. Some of it even originates as a movie already, so... I, I, I'm going to extend an olive branch for you, because I because I, I have a way to, for you to answer this question. Oh, boy. So, um, something that, you know, because a lot of these stuff that you've read has been based on a property and everything else, but... I'll and, and I'll even include things that are based on a property but have not left the form of written text. So, example, I know that there was um, a couple Evil Dead, um, like Terminator cross. You hated them, but like there was like an, an Evil Dead Terminator crossover, um, uh, or a Predator and Alien Terminator crossover. Um, uh, we don't talk about that. Comic, I know Mark. it was it was really really bad. It was really bad. But I'm using it as an example <laughs> of any Star Wars novels that you would love to see get transported transported into them. Anything from the oh, pred- that's easy. The original, actual, real sequel trilogy that Disney decided to say fuck you. We're just gonna do our own lame bullshit. The Yuuzhan uh, Vong War should have been the real sequel trilogy. Fuck you, Disney. Right, I we'll agree. Say that. Say I that, agree with that. There you yeah. go. They um. So that's your answer. They um. Uh, so um. Uh, I I. Extended the olive branch um, uh, for Zach on that one because I know that there are several comic books 
and other things that are based on that. Like I would love to see an actual remake of the mask based on the original comics. It's more horror, darker. The um, I would like to see it more of that. So I extended the olive branch. So uh, so uh, what's a piece of uh, literature or um, comic books or anything in the written form that you would love to see translated into uh, TV or movies? Uh, this is a pretty easy one for me, to be honest. Um, Cause yeah, out of all the stuff, like you see stuff that is in the mainstream, like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Dragon Balls, all that stuff, right? Something for me, one of the best fantasy works I've ever read was from a Canadian author, mm-hmm. and it's the Prince of Nothing trilogy by R. Scott the Backer. He's a he's an author from Ontario, Canada. He's a philosopher. He's a teacher. He's a university professor. But man, you want to read a dark, graphic, uh, dirty, and like terrifying fantasy novel? Prince of Nothing trilogy is definitely it. That is like hands down one of the best works I've ever read, hands down. Just because of its world building, its depth, its characters are incredible. Like these characters are like, whoa, like so unique. Um, I know that he's hit some success. Um, definitely never talked about a movie though. It definitely deserves to be though. It, it trumps Game of Thrones big time. Nice, in, in, my, in my opinion. Nice. So yeah, nice. We did the very millennial thing, and we all went to our phones to go look it up. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the, okay. Oh my, the uh, so so. All right, uh, Chad. Thank you so much, man, for for being the podcast. We really really appreciate it. This is your opportunity to look directly into your camera and uh, let the good people know where they can find you on all your social medias, your YouTubes, your TikToks, your um, your Facebooks, all that all that stuff. Um, I'm sounding really uh, boomer like, but uh, it certainly makes sense. All good. Um, uh, but yeah, go ahead and uh, and uh, it. Uh, tell them people where they can find you. The floor is yours, sir. Well, uh, I just want to thank you guys uh, for having me again. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, my name is Chad Ellie McGee. You can find me on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you, where you find and love your hip-hop music. Uh, my novel, Legend of the Tragic, is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Um, if you want a Kobo ebook, it's available as well. Um, yeah, uh, you can search me up at eversingenuity.com. My website is down right now. I'm just like re collaborating it, but it will be uh, back up this week. And yeah, um, I hope to feel free to send me messages on Instagram, Facebook, email me if you ever, ever have any comments about the Legend of the Tragic or any of the music. And yeah, hopefully I'll be able to come down to the States one day and perform for you guys too. Thank you guys so much for having me. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. And then um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, were you gonna say something? Like, no. Okay. The um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna close out this uh, this podcast. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Nightmares Podcast. Uh, you can uh, find us on anywhere where podcasts can be found at YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, all those great ones. Um, and if you are watching us on YouTube, if you could be so awesome to stab that like button, stab that subscribe, and I messed that up. Good job, buddy. <laughs> and then click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop amazing content right here on MHN. And, of course, if you could be so awesome to follow us on all of our social medias, you could find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Slasher, the application for all things horror. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on the Nightmares Podcast. Bye, guys.